Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Good Monday, all. It is March 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Brian Wilmer. This is Locked on ACC. Glad you're back with us for another week as we wind down March. What a crazy March. It seems as though March has lasted for about January, February, and March. But we are nearing its end, thankfully. You can reach the program very simply. You can tweet us at LockedOnACC. You can send us an email, LockedOnACC at gmail.com. Also, follow me individually on Twitter. I'm at Sports Matters. Also, remind you very briefly of the good offer from our friends at Postmates. You can get 100 bucks knocked off your delivery fees for seven days if you order through Postmates. Just go to Postmates, enter the promo code LockedOnNBA. A lot of other cool offers out there for you, thanks to the Locked On Podcast Network. If you look at our show notes today, you will see a lot of those offers there for you. So if you want some money off of things or want to take advantage of a special offer, please go look at our show notes and you'll find all of them that you're craving right there. Another tournament throwback today. So let's go ahead without wasting any further time and start up our mode of travel. We take a somewhat special trip today. Uh, our good friend Jaden over Daily Dose of Hoops. I feel bad for Jaden because they showed the North Carolina Villanova game yesterday. Bad day for him. Although he didn't acknowledge the end of the game. He turned it off right after the Marcus Page three. But anyway, in honor of Jaden, we take it back to a friendlier time for Jaden and his Tar Heels. Today we go back to 1993 and look at the ACC and the NCAA landscape 27 years ago. Man, that's just tough to say. January 1st, Czechoslovakia no longer exists. The Czech Republic and Slovakia separate. I still refer to Czechoslovakia. Sorry. January 20th, Bill Clinton sworn in as the 42nd president of the United States. February 28th, the Waco event begins in Texas. March 29th, Billy Crystal hosts the 65th Academy Awards. Best Picture goes to Unforgiven, which is an incredible movie. If you've not seen it, you've got time on your hands. Go watch it. April 30th, tennis star Monica Seles stabbed during a match in Hamburg, Germany. If you've not seen that highlight, go back and find it. It's harrowing. And if you're an IT person at all, you'll get a laugh out of these next two. July 27th, the first version of Windows NT is released. Uh, Windows NT. And then November 11th, Windows for Workgroups 3.11 is released. <laughs> if, you th- if you thought you hated Windows XP... If you thought you hated some of the other Windows versions that have come along since. Ask anybody who had to work in the years of Windows NT and Windows for Workgroups what that was like. I'm sure you know some friends who worked in the IT environment. I've certainly heard my share of horror stories. Born in 1993, some of the more notable names. Ariana Grande, born June 26th. 
Bradley Beal, June 28th, basketball star. Jordan Spieth, the golfer, born July 27th. Dak Prescott, born July 29th. Scotty McCreary, the singer of the most universally reviled song across ACC country, I think, the Bojangles Town song. And Francisco Lindor of the Cleveland Indians, born November 14th. A lot of celebrity deaths in 1993. It's concerning how many there were, actually. January 20th, Audrey Hepburn, who was born in 1929, passes away. January 24th, a very influential figure in American history, Thurgood Marshall, the first African-American member of the Supreme Court, passes, born in 1908. January 27th, Andre the Giant passes away. He was born in 1946. Jeez, that was early. February 6th, Arthur Ashe passes away, speaking of early. June 5th, Conway Twitty. June 26th, Roy Campanella, longtime Brooklyn Dodger great. July 2nd, Fred Gwynn, known for The Munsters, Car 54, Where Are You? And his, uh, his brilliant role in My Cousin Vinny. July 3rd, fellow Dodger legend Don Drysdale. July 13th, Davey Allison. Still today, if you ask NASCAR fans about Davey Allison, they've got stories. Hard to believe he left us so soon as well. And December 4th, Frank Zappa passed away. He was born in 1940. The top three pop songs of the year, and this will make you feel uh, old. Two of them, by the way, remakes. Number three, UB40's Can't Help Falling in Love remake. Number two, Tag Team's Whoop, There It Is. Thankfully, not a remake, and thankfully, nobody's tried to remake it since. And number one, Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. There's a look back at 1993. What a weird, weird year it was, but a good year for your humble correspondent. Take a look around the ACC in 1993, nine teams, six of whom made the NCAA tournament. In 1993, North Carolina, your regular season champ, 14 and 2 in the league, 34 and 4 overall. Florida State behind them, 12 and 4, 25 and 10. Duke 10 and 6, 24 and 8. Wake Forest 10 and 6, 21 and 9. Virginia 9 and 7, 21 and 10. Georgia Tech 8 and 8 and 19 and 11. Your all-ACC squads in 1993 and other superlatives. Player of the Year, Rodney Rogers of Wake Forest. Rookie of the Year, Martise Moore of Georgia Tech. Your first-teamers, Grant Hill from Duke, George Lynch from North Carolina, Eric Montross from North Carolina, Bobby Hurley of Duke, and Rodney Rogers of Wake Forest. Rodney Rogers. If you've not seen that guy play, I've had to go back and watch highlights of him because I don't think he was really fully appreciated. He was a first-team All-ACC guy, but I don't think people really appreciated how good he was. Of the people on all of these teams, he led everybody in scoring. He averaged 21.2 a game. He shot 55.5% from the floor. Just crazy talented guy. So go back and watch some Rodney Rogers highlights like I did. Second team, Virginia's Corey Alexander, Florida State's Doug Edwards and Bob Sura, along with Sam Cassell of Florida State, and Randolph Childress of Wake Forest. Third team, Chris Whitney of Clemson, Kevin Thompson of NC State, Travis Best from Georgia Tech, Sharon Wright of Clemson, and Thomas Hill of Duke. Your ACC All-Freshman team, Chris Collins from Duke, Drew Berry from Georgia Tech, 
Maryland's X-Ree Hip, still love that name, and Johnny Rhodes and Georgia Tech's Martise Moore. So there, your all-ACC teams, your superlatives at all. We'll go ahead on that note, take the first break of the program. We'll come back, take you through the ACC tournament, the NCAA tournament, and the Final Four. Stay where you are. This is Locked on ACC. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Locked on ACC segment two. For March 23rd, 2020, we are in the middle of a tournament throwback to 1993. The ACC tournament that year took place in the Charlotte Coliseum in Charlotte in the midst of one of the bigger storms that the Charlotte area has ever seen. The Superstorm of 1993. Parts of North Carolina got over 50 inches of snow out of that blizzard. Thankfully, Charlotte did not get that. Otherwise, they'd still be talking about it. But a rough time nonetheless. The tournament took place right around the same time as that Superstorm, actually. The first round matchup featured Maryland and NC State in the 8-9 game. Maryland with the 76-55 victory, only for Maryland to get boat raced in the quarterfinal by North Carolina, who was number one at the time, 102-66. Virginia clips Wake Forest 61-57 in the next quarterfinal. Clemson knocks off Florida State 87-75 in the 7-2 game. And Georgia Tech upsets Duke 69-66 in the 3-6 game. Leading us to the semifinal where you had North Carolina, the one seed, fifth-seeded Virginia, sixth-seeded Georgia Tech, and seven-seeded Clemson. Carolina dispatches Virginia 74-56 In the first semi, Georgia Tech over Clemson 69-61 in the other. And then in the championship game, the upstart Ramblin' Wreck, 8-8 in the regular season, takes on Carolina and beats Carolina 77-75. Georgia Tech wins the ACC Conference Tournament. James Forrest, your MVP of that tournament, Still crazy to ponder. Georgia Tech beating the mighty Tar Heels. Turns out it wouldn't really matter. But more on that in a minute. On to the NCAAs, your tournament venues for that year. The East, the first two rounds were in the Carrier Dome in Syracuse and the Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Winston-Salem. The Midwest, the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, former home of DePaul. The Southeast Memorial Gym, again, for some reason, in Nashville, and the Orlando Arena in Orlando. And the West, the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City, and the McHale Center in Tucson. The regional sites for the semis and finals. The East, Brendan Byrne Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The Midwest, St. Louis Arena in St. Louis. The Southeast, the Charlotte Coliseum. The West, the King Dome in Seattle, and the Final Four, the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans. So there are your venues. Now on to the NCAA tournament. Let's tell you what happened with all of the ACC teams in those various regions. As you might imagine, Carolina gets a one seed in the East, and they get to go to Winston-Salem. Carolina beats 16th seed East Carolina 85-65 in round one, then goes on to absolutely 
massacre Rhode Island, the eight seed, 112-67 in the second round. That then took the Tar Heels to East Rutherford, New Jersey, where they faced fourth-seeded Arkansas, beat them 80-74, made it to the regional final. More on that in just a second. Because we have another ACC team in the bottom of that bracket. Six-seeded Virginia went to Syracuse. The Cavaliers beat Manhattan 78-66 in round one. Then faced third-seeded UMass, beat them by 15, 71-56. Then on to East Rutherford, the regional semis. They would then face second-seeded Cincinnati. And Cincinnati ended the dream for the Cavaliers in East Rutherford, 71-54. Three Cavs in double figures in that game. Junior Burrow with 15. Jason Williford, the current Cavalier assistant coach, with 12. Corey Alexander with 11. Corey Alexander on that day, though, tough day for him. 3 of 14 from the deck. All three of those shots were from three. He was 0 of 7 from two-point range. Burrow, 7 of 15 from the floor. The only Virginia bench player to score... Period. Yuri Barnes. Barnes had four points off the bench in eight minutes. Virginia 21 of 53, 39.6%. Four of 11 from three, 36.4%. For the Who's, eight of 13 from the line. Three Cincinnati scorers in double figures as well. Future NBA stars, or at least role players, Nick Van Exel and Corey Blunt with 19 apiece. And Eric Martin with 15 for the Bearcats, who shot 40.3% from the field, 27 of 67, 23 of 50 were inside the arc, 46%. Not such a great performance from three, however. Four of 17, 23 and a half. The Bearcats also not stellar from the free throw line, 13 of 23, 56 and a half percent. So Cincinnati advances past Virginia goes to face Carolina in the regional final. They took it to overtime. Tied at 66. Before Carolina ran away from Cincinnati, for whatever that means, in overtime, 75-68. Carolina outscoring the Bearcats, as you might surmise, 9-2 in extra time. George Lynch with 21 for the Tar Heels. Donald Williams with 20. Eric Montross with 15. The Tar Heels... 46.6% from the field, 27 of 58, just three of eight from three, however. Cincinnati, another big day for Van Exel, 23 points on eight of 24 shooting, so he had to do a lot of work to get to 23. Eric Martin, 16, Terrence Gibson, 13 for the Bearcats, who shot 37.1%, 26 of 70, nine of 24 from three, 37 and a half, got to the line just nine times compared to Carolina's 25. Both of them shot just over 70%. So Carolina on to the final four. We had one ACC participant in the Midwest, that being Duke. More from Duke in just a minute. They are in the bottom of that bracket. The top of the bracket featured one seed Indiana playing in Indianapolis. They hammer Wright State in the 116 game, 97-54. Then beat ninth-seeded Xavier, who beat eight-seed New Orleans. 73-70 Indiana over Xavier. Indiana then faced four-seeded Louisville. In St. Louis, beat them 82-69, to going on to the regional final. Duke, the three-seed, playing in Rosemont, Illinois, beat somewhat home team, Southern Illinois, 105-70. Yes, I know that Southern Illinois and Rosemont are not exactly right around the corner, but they're at least in the same state. Duke would then go on to play Cal. Cal would then get that victory over Duke 
82-77, so the six-seeded Bears knocked off the third-seeded Blue Devils. Bobby Hurley with 32 for Duke on that day. Nine of 22 from the field, six of 18 from three, eight of eight from the line. Grant Hill, 18. Thomas Hill, 14 for Duke, who shot 24 of 62, 38.7%, 10 of 25 from distance, 40%, and 19 of 22 from the line. Three Cal Bears in double figures. Lamont Murray, 28. Jason Kidd, 11. And interestingly enough, Jared Haas, the current coach at the NCAA level, had 13 for Cal. So Cal knocks out Duke, then goes on to play Kansas. The second-seeded Jayhawks knock off California 93-76, and Kansas then defeats Indiana 83-77. Kansas on to the Final Four. We'll go ahead and take the final break of the program. We'll come back, give you the other two regions... And the final four, as we recap 1993, right here on Locked On ACC, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Meet us back here in a minute. Welcome back to Locked On ACC. Final segment for March 23rd, the tournament throwback to 1993. We are now in the Southeast, and we had a couple of ACC participants in the Southeast. The first one being Wake Forest. The five seed got sent to Nashville, faced off with Chattanooga, another somewhat home game for the mocks. Granted, it's not right around the corner, but not that long of a trip on I-24 between Nashville and Chattanooga. The Deeks get rid of Chattanooga 81-58 in the first round. Then knocked off number four, Iowa, 84-78 in the second round. Back to Charlotte, where the Deeks faced off with one-seed Kentucky, who had beaten 16th-seeded Ryder 96-52 and 8-seeded Utah 83-62. The Deeks coming back to the Tar Heel State. Would they have any advantage at all against Kentucky? Uh, No. Not going to build up any suspense. Kentucky (laughs) runs Wake Forest out of the building. That's the only really kind way to say it, and even that's not that kind. 103-69 for the Wildcats. Just a tough day for the Deeks. You had three Deeks in double figures. Randall Childress, 18. Rodney Rogers, 14. Trelawney Owens, 13. Wake, 21 of 44 from the field. 47.7%. 3 of 10 from 3. 30%. 24 of 33 from the line for the Deeks. Kentucky, meanwhile... Speaking of coaches having big days, current coaches, they were led by Travis Ford, the current St. Louis coach. He had 26 points. Jamal Mashburn with 23. And Dale Brown with 16. Kentucky, 39 of 63, 61.9%. From three, 16 of 24, 66.7%. The only place where Kentucky couldn't hit was at the line. They were 9 of 17, 52.9%. So Wake Forest sent home in significant fashion by the Wildcats of Kentucky. Then if you move down to the bottom half of that bracket, Florida State, the three seed, sent to Orlando. They beat Evansville, the 14 seed, 82-70 in round one, then faced off with 11-seeded Tulane, who beat six-seeded K-State in the first round. Florida State beats Tulane 94-63. They then move on to play Western Kentucky in Charlotte. Western Kentucky, the seven seed, 
who had beaten Memphis and Seton Hall to get there. Florida State, 81, Western Kentucky, 78, taking Florida State to the regional final to face off with the Kentucky juggernaut. And it ended about as well for Florida State as it did for Wake Forest when that happened. Kentucky, 106, Florida State, 81. Kentucky, 54 points in the first half, 52 points in the second half. For Florida State that day, four double-figure scorers, Bob Sura, 17, Rodney Dobard, Sam Cassell with 16 apiece, and Doug Edwards with 15. Florida State, 25 of 61, 41% from the field. They were just 5 of 20, 25% from three. They went to the line quite a bit, 26 for 35, 74.3%, just 17 rebounds against Kentucky, though. Five Wildcats in doubles, Jared Prickett with 22, Travis Ford, 19, Jamal Mashburn and Dale Brown, 12 apiece, and Jamel Martinez with 10. Kentucky slightly cooled off in that game, 38 of 70, 54.3%, 11 of 23 from three, 47.8%, and they were terrible at the line again, 19 of 30, 63.3%, which leads us to our final regional, that being the West, the West featuring Georgia Tech as the four seed going to Tucson, Arizona. And uh, before we get to that game, Michigan, the one seed. Michigan had an easy time of it with Coastal Carolina, the 16 seed, beat them 84-53, then beat UCLA, the nine seed, 86-84 in the second round, then beat 12th seeded George Washington, 72-64 in round three and faced off with Temple, more on that game in just a minute. Georgia Tech, the four seed. They faced off with Southern University, who beat them 93-78. So the Jaguars of Southern University with the big win over Georgia Tech. Five Jaguars in double figures. Jervon Scales, 27. Terry Thames, 20. Leonard White, 18. Vincent Jones, 12. Darius Mims, 11. Southern, 32 of 81. 81 shots. 39.5% from the field. 6 of 28 from 3. 21.4%. 23 of 29 from the line. 79.3. Georgia Tech, three double-figure scores. Malcolm Mackey with 27 points. James Forrest, a double-double. 24 points, 11 boards. And Drew Barry with 11 points for the Ramblin' Wreck, who shot 44.3% from the field. 3 of 17 from 3, 17.6. The Jackets went to the line just 16 times, hit 13 of them, 81.3%. So the Jackets bounced in the first round. Meanwhile, Temple, Michigan's regional final opponent in Seattle, Temple came in as a 7 seed. They beat 10th seed Missouri, 75-61, then beat 15 seed Santa Clara, who knocked Arizona out of the tournament that year, if you recall that game, 68-57. Temple then beat 3rd seed Vanderbilt, 67-59, and Michigan knocked off Temple 77-72 to get to the Final Four. So your Final Four, three ones and a two in a crazy tournament that did not go chalk for a lot of it. The Final Four absolutely pretty much went chalk. One seed UNC, two seed Kansas on one side, one seed Kentucky, one seed Michigan on the other. So we go to Carolina, Kansas first. The Tar Heels knock off the Jayhawks 78-68 in New Orleans in the first national semifinal. Three Tar Heels in doubles. Donald Williams with 25, Eric Montross 23, 
and George Lynch, 14 for the Tar Heels, who were 28 of 52 from the field, 53.8%, 5 of 7 from 3, 71.4%, 17 of 24 from the line, 70.8. Two Jayhawks reached double figures. Adonis Jordan with 19, Rex Walters with 19, Kansas 25 of 57, 44% roughly from the field, 11 of 20, 55% from three, and hit all seven free throws. But it wasn't enough to beat Carolina. Kentucky falls to Michigan, amazingly enough, in the other national semi, 81-78. So Kentucky was a buzzsaw coming through that tournament, and then Michigan beat them. The Fab Five team sends home Kentucky. Which brings us to the national championship game between Carolina and Michigan. You'll remember it for one reason, most likely. You may recall before that, and if, if you don't, I'll set it up, but Carolina led 73-71 late. Pat Sullivan missed a free throw. Then, thanks to Jim Nance and Billy Packer on CBS, this happened. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he walked! He walked in, the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he causes too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't have any. He got by with a walk, and Jimmy calls a technical. He he calls a timeout. He doesn't realize that's Michigan's too many. And so it'll be a technical foul. North Carolina shooting and the ball. A huge mental mistake. Weber thought they had a timeout in their pocket. Dean Smith, eight seconds away from a second national championship. The Fab Five comes up short again. There you have it. North Carolina is the 1993 national champion. And there's that again. That Jim Nance, Billy Packer on CBS. 77-71. The Tar Heels knock off the Wolverines. Carolina with a 42-36 halftime lead. By the way, Um, It was completely coincidental, before anybody calls me on this, it was completely coincidental that we featured Dean Smith's first and second national titles a couple of days apart. You recall we had 82 late last week and then 93 today. Totally coincidental. Not doing that on purpose. If you know me, you would know that would be the last thing I would do on purpose. Continuing. Three Tar Heels in doubles. Donald Williams with 25. Eric Montross, 16. George Lynch, 12. Also at 10 boards. Did George Lynch on that day. Carolina 27 of 55, 49.1%. 5 of 11 from 3, 45 and a half. 18 of 23 from the line, including that Pat Sullivan miss that we talked about a minute ago. 78.3%. Weber paced the Wolverines. He had 23, also at 11 boards, but then there was that other play that you just heard. Jimmy King, 15 points for Michigan. Jalen Rose with 12. Michigan shot 48.4%, 30 for 62, 6 of 7 from the line. And Carolina, especially back in that day, was just so efficient at getting to the line and making sure their opponents didn't. Carolina tried 23 free throws in that game. Michigan tried 7. If you know anything about Carolina in the early 90s particularly, that that was a team that just, they would have these ridiculous advantages at the free throw line seemingly every game. Your all-tournament team, Chris Weber of Michigan, Donald Williams, Eric Montross, and George Lynch of Carolina, and Jamal Mashburn of Kentucky. Your ACC representation on all region teams, not a lot of it, just four players. Lynch, Montross, and Williams, all East Regional, and the Southeast Regional, 
featured Rodney Dobart of Florida State. That was it. That was all of your ACC representation on all regional teams. And so there you have it. The tournament throwback to 1993. As we wind down, I will again ask you, as I did the other day, uh, we're approaching the second month ending of this program. We're picking up momentum, but we can only continue to do it with your help. So if you like what you hear, like, rate, follow, share, subscribe, whether you pass it along on Twitter or on Facebook or scream it out loud in a crowded place, once we can have crowded places again, we would love for you to share this and get it out to as many people as you can. You can also tweet us. We are at Locked on ACC. You can send us an email with a voice memo. Just take your phone, record a voice memo. Keep it somewhat short. Keep it clean. You might hear your voice on this here program. You can also email us with any thoughts, questions, whatever else. LockedOnACC at gmail.com. You can follow me. I'm on Twitter at Sports Matters. Just so many ways to interact with the program. Now that we said all that, let's bring this to a close. You've been listening to Locked On ACC. If you like what you hear, tell your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Locked On Big Ten with Ben Stevens or Locked On SEC with our good friend Blake Lovell. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On ACC. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Love you. Mean it. <laughs>